Coming to you from the Underground Studio, this is the Sipping Social Podcast. My name is Mike Carl. I'm here with my boy and certified bourbon steward, Garrett Turnquist. Yo. We also have our stellar producer on the mic, Johnny. Say what up. What's up? We're here to dive into all aspects of the restaurant industry. We truly love what we do and more so we love talking about it. We're going to pour, sample, review anything you need to know about. Pour yourself a cocktail and join us on this journey. Let's Let's go. go. Welcome to podcast number 12, guys. Thanks for joining us. Really excited to be here. This is a great day. I get to sit here with Garrett and John. I love doing this. Uh, We're taking a little break from interviews. Uh, We've learned a lot, and we're going to continue learning a lot when we have more guests on, but we're going to take a break from that so we can kind of do our own thing for a month. How do you feel about that, G? I'm jacked for tonight's uh, podcast. I know. It's nothing to do with not having people here. Well, it has something to do with that, but not like like upset having people on. I really like enjoy having people on. Sure. But there's like things I wanted to talk about. There's things that I wanted to review. There's things I want to talk about with you and John that aren't like necessarily totally pertinent when you're having someone who's ex- exclusively on their beer or exclusively on their job. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been looking forward to this for a couple of days. So Nice. It's well said. I, I feel the same way. Johnny, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about today. We got some uh, people who have been listening to the podcast with some things, you know, questions about uh, some things. So we're going to get into that. So Some questions from it. some listeners that sent in for us to, yeah. to talk about it. That's kind of cool. We like it to be interactive. We, we want some more of that. So We're finally doing something that we said that we we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. We've been talking about it for seven weeks. Yeah, <laughs> um, beautiful. What are we? Uh, what are we sipping on right now, boys? Johnny, what do you got? I got the Sazerac Rye. Ooh, delicious. Nice. That's the, that is awesome. Uh, G, what you got? I picked the uh, the Eagle Bear Ten. Nice. That's been passed around. I got uh, I got the Jim Beam uh, Bottle and Bond Hundred Proof. Yeah, that just came out two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Nice. Thanks for pouring that for yeah, me. Cheers. 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 Johnny. Cheers. Yeah, that Jim Beam is. Uh, Totally brand new. I really like the label. This is not a Jim Beam podcast for right now, even though mostly because the two of us are drinking Sazerac stuff, but I'm not a big fan of their normal product that they put out, but I think this stuff turned out really nice. I hope you enjoy that. It's got great flavor. Thanks for pouring it. And it's on the cheap side too, which is nice. So you can bring that to a party and not feel bad if someone just dumps a bunch of Coke in it or mix it with a, a full can of Sprite. So Yeah, what? you don't feel bad about buying it and just throwing the bottle away. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's definitely a, a buying gift that... Um, awesome. Check us out on Instagram, guys. Check out the website. Keep an eye out for the merch that we keep talking about. That's going to happen, I promise. Uh, let's talk about what's new in the bourbon world that we just found out about. Ooh, speaking of Jim Beam. Yes, this was a good segue. Do these guys uh, not invest yeah, in like lightning let's, rods? Let's talk about it. We got we got another Rickhouse burnt down in Kentucky, 45,000 barrels of Jim Beam location, Glens Creek, a tributary of the Kentucky River. All the fish are dead in that. In that tributary, just so you know. That's uh, what a way to go. Unbelievable. I mean, first Wasting. of all, you're you're do you think, being suffocated, but also you're hammered. Do you think they get, like, drunk at all first, or is it just straight dead? Uh, no, you're, there's a level of being wasted, and then it's a quick lights out, in my in my opinion. I yeah. like, I would quick like, lights out. I would, remember that, that, that scene in Beer Fest where he gets thrown into the, or Beer Fest 2, and he gets thrown into a giant bed of beer, and he tries to drink his way out? That's how I think it is. <laughs> like, they're like, awesome, awesome, beer, awesome, there was a second, dead. There was a, yeah. there was a second <laughs> Beer Fest? Or, yeah, wasn't there? No, there was just one. What was the second one? No, it was just beer fest. He gets trapped in there. The, the gal traps him in there. And he's got to like drink his way out. Is there a second beer fest? No, I don't know. I thought there was. I feel like if you made one beer fest, you're probably good. Yeah. Like, why I thought there was a, another one. I thought there was a sequel where like the, we'll, we'll find out on the break. He we'll dies take, and we'll his stepbrother. 
or his like long lost twin comes back that's and the, that's anchors the, the first team. one. Oh man. Okay, well, there's only one beer. Then I've seen it twice and didn't remember it the first time. <laughs> the problem is you have to drink while you're watching that. And that's then you get probably wasted. yeah. Now it's come full circle. Any, it, perfect. <laughs> it's yeah. a, we should probably have those guys that the Broken Lizard comedy troupe. They're yeah. the ones that we should see if they want to come out here and get drunk with us. For those doing math at home, that's two million three hundred eighty-five thousand gallons of bourbon that went into the to nature. Mike, weren't you saying something about like they let the fires burn? They had to, they wanted to let the fires burn as long as possible to burn off the the bourbon before it got to the river because then it would oxygenate the river. Yeah. And uh, oh no, they were putting the, the purifiers into the river to help oxygenate it because all the bourbon is going to take away all the all the water that contains the oxygen that the fish need to live. Yeah. It's a very normal thing that you need oxygen. Do you think it's a little too little too late for what? For a lot of those fish? Oh, they're all dead. Yeah, they're There's all like dead. thousands of fish dead. So my my question is. How do these fire marshals, do they keep their job? The, the people that are inspecting these buildings? We've yeah. had multiple, multiple rickhouses go down, collapsing, right. ruining environments. Are there now, no, like, we're not, we're, since we started. Yeah, since we started talking about this now. we don't. And, and this is stuff that we keep an eye on now. Who knows how many of these went down in the last 20 years? Right. I wonder what the fire codes are for that. I mean, if you're storing and, and making stuff in a warehouse, does it have the same sort of water system that like a restaurant would have to have, right? Right. To, we're, we're calling it. No, absolutely not. I guarantee it. No, because you're not like serving food. Well, you're, you're not doing, there's no people in there. But there's workers in there. There's workers and workers have definitely died from collapses. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So we're, we're, call, we're calling out someone's Kentucky fire marshals. <laughs> Stop drinking so much booze. <laughs> let the customers, Is it, isn't it let in the, a dry town too? It, what isn't Jim Beam made in a dry town? You can't drink in the town that Jim Beam is made in. Yeah, I think so. I think the way the people oh, okay. who sample the barrels they gotta spit it out. No, that can't. Be <laughs> or is that real. Jack Daniels? That's dry. That can't be real. Yeah, one of them is dry. All right, we'll find that out on the break too. Either way, stop burning down the Rick houses because you get the money and we don't get the bourbon and the fish die. No, nobody Daniels. wins except for them. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Beam wins because the insurance money. Just so everyone's clear, Jim Beam didn't lose one. <laughs> penny it's all, it's all insured to their, the bottle their insurance rates might have gone up a little bit but yeah it's insured to the bottle which yeah, is incredible the, the premium went up yeah 16 cents well, and you were saying that like the amount that was actually like destroyed is the drop in the bucket for oh them, yeah right? dude it's, they, if you think that they're sweating over forty-five thousand barrels then i mean jim beam puts out the most amount of whiskey from their distillery than anyone else nobody else makes more the mgp in indiana there have a larger facility but jim beam produces the most every single year once again, just a shame that uh, we don't get to drink the bourbon and you are right now. Well, not the stuff that dumped, but right. This isn't yeah. the the ref. This isn't the saved bourbon. Did we ever figure out like what was ruined in their portfolio? In the Jim Beam portfolio? Yeah, didn't you say like maybe it's bourbon? If, if it was Booker's or something? Oh, well, yeah. You they just said hope- they said it was Jim Beam bourbon. Oh, it was okay. That's that's what the article that I read said. Pretty sure. Someone can correct me on this, but I'm pretty sure that um, that Booker stuff is just they pick out the honey barrels and leave them at foolproof. Oh, right. Everything else just gets blended together. The honey barrels are the good stuff. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. Exciting news from our parent company, Bourbon Belly Hospitality. Should we talk about it or should we save that for another podcast? Well, let's talk about it. Okay. Well, we got, we, you guys all know we do awesome beer reviews and we try to bring on the newest and hottest breweries. Uh, we're in talks with phase three to come on and be exclusive at our restaurants as far as their on-premise drinking goes. Yeah, so you remember phase three from when we talked about it with the Kentucky Derby review with, yeah, with, uh, Joanna. with Joanna? Yeah, that's what we were there drinking then. There was the then. three. There was the Chantilly Lace, the yep. the orange uh, milkshake IPA. Mm-hmm. There was a double IPA and then a single IPA. Yeah, this is the stuff that sells out in like 25 minutes. People are going gaga for it. So for us, as far as a company, that's that's awesome. It's going to be a little bit of... Yeef. Yeef. On their first, my first conversation with them is like, I've, we've got a sixth still for you. I was like, <laughs> that's it? 
like that's all we have. <laughs> I, and so I, I, if we're, if that's what we're getting, no one's getting anything. Well, they don't have half barrels even available. Well, I they mean, don't even have the half barrels. They don't even have like two sixths. I wonder what their tank size is. Probably similar to Crystal Lake. Let's, well, get, let's get them on and talk to them about it. Read in my mind. We're gonna get those guys on. Now that we're yo Evan, if you're <laughs> listening to this, hit me up. It'd be real shame if you didn't. Keep making that good beer. For, the, for those that don't know who, what a sixth is. Sure. So normally when you see a keg, if you were to buy like a keg of Coors Light or you went to a kegerator in college or keg party in college, that's a half barrel. So yeah. a full barrel would be twice that amount. I'm, I don't think I've ever seen a full barrel or... Uh, yeah, casks, yeah. I haven't seen one like in a restaurant or... Sure, they, they're usually... No, they're, they're usually not because they're just insane. They're, yeah, they're so large, there's no way to move them. So then... It's like an older way of doing things. Right. So you can buy half barrels and then you can buy quarter barrels which then would be half of that half barrel and then a sixth would be one sixth of a full barrel oh, okay so a third of what a half barrel is that you normally see like people lug around kegs like in those i was like strong man competitions when they're throwing kegs around those are half barrels oh, yeah okay. and those are 15.5 gallons sixths are 5.6 gallons so you're talking about a different size and different amount of pours before we talked about it before and i actually said it wrong i'm glad i get a chance to redeem myself uh, a half barrel has 120 16 ounce pours a sixth has 40 16 ounce pours. Okay. And, you, and that's how we figure out our how, how to charge based on how much beer is coming out. Well, let's get a sixth for the underground then. We can oh. do that. We need, <laughs> need a kegerator. Where's your kegerator? Yeah, I thought you were getting one of those. Well, now I got to figure it out. All right, perfect. Who, who's going to sponsor us on the kegerator? Anyone out there would be a real shame if you didn't want to sponsor us for a kegerator. <laughs> real shame. <laughs> uh, we're super excited about that. Those guys are really cool. They have great energy. They're very passionate about what they do and they're up and coming and everybody's just going nuts over their beer. So we will definitely be bringing more of that on and have more availability to talk about that beer review this week we're gonna do a month of reviewing sours johnny do you drink a lot of sours you got any experience on sours i don't good this will be a good uh way for you to get some heartburn (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no but i'm looking forward to a month of heartburn (laughs) (laughs) no i'm just playing uh sours are getting uh becoming a little bit more popular so this is a good opportunity summer is when sours are more prevalent and a lot of people are coming out with them uh, some fun th- stuff to talk about with that. And then, G, what would you bring for our spirit review this week? Oh, no big deal. We just had a party on Sunday after our golf outing, and we decided, uh, dumb idea, but I brought out um, <laughs> the Pappy Van Winkle 15-year at the party. Yes. Thank you. It's uh, really, really good. I was just wiping the dirt off yeah, your shoulder. Yeah, for sure. I'm sorry. For sure. I, no, I told felt you that it. I was doing that. Yeah, I felt that. And the sunburn, for sure. <laughs> We also recently had our Freedom Golf Outing. We we should next year there we, no we should that. sponsor that golf outing. Yes, Sipping Social. We should get a Sipping. And social. We should give away some fun prizes. Yeah, Sipping Social America flag hat. Everyone should be wearing. Perfect. And That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. We got to give out Maybe like some best best sunburn. Oh yeah. Most drunk. Worst outfit. Best be- outfit. Best headgear. Yeah. Yeah, so every year we best shorts. We get like twenty. Like last year, I think it was like four groups. Now this year we had five groups, yeah, four, yeah. five foursomes, and we all just dress ridiculous and like you know American flag stuff. Yeah, it's the best. So it's awesome. I look forward to it every year. And, and it was so very successful. And this so year. Garrett busts out this Pappy Van Winkle after a day of drinking on the golf course. So I did happen to have it uh, after that outing, but I'm excited to have it now uh, since I hadn't been drinking all day. I think that two ounce pour I gave myself was the beginning of the end of the day for me. Well, I'm excited to try it because I didn't make it to the the Pappy Van Winkle uh, tasting that night. It was uh, it was time for Mike to go. And here I thought I was the drunkest person there. <laughs> I don't think I was number one. I might have been in the running though. I think Johnny. Remember when the very first podcast we had, we talked about what you do if you think you're the drunkest person there. You yeah. take the, you take the second was, person. Was someone feeding me some booze? Johnny, I feel like someone was feeding me some Johnny booze. Johnny over here, Johnny on the spot, might have thought he was the drunkest person there, 
and kept on asking me to go into the garage to take shots of Rumplemans, which I said yes to. Caught you I, up real quick. And I think that well, I became the drunkest person the there. The funny thing is, is he told me that it was in there. So, like, I would sneak <laughs> in. And his, like, back door is, like, right by, like, the bags area where we're, like, playing bags. And so, all of a sudden, you just see, like, the door creak open. And I'm looking out, and I see Garrett. and like, get in here. <laughs> I think we left our shot glasses on top of the refrigerator. But I, I do like the aspect of having like that garage area. You can just kind of just sneak away and do whatever you want in there with some booze. <laughs> Put a pool like table in there, I too. I like how you said with some booze. Yeah. Nice way to add that. On <laughs> oh, there. no, no, yeah. I'm not getting on my knees in Garrett's garage. <laughs> not until he puts some carpet down. All right, so talking about the golf outing, I got to give a shout-out to my fiance Kate, for bringing this up on the podcast. She co- Big ups. Yeah, co-hosted when G was on a little hiatus. But uh, she had brought up Natty Lights, Natterdays. Strawberry, was it strawberry lemonade? Yeah. Beer? I, I, I kind of scoffed at her. I was like, there's no way that's good. Well, lo and behold, in the cart on the golf course on Sunday, there was behind the Bud Lights and Miller Lights were two. Oh, can we talk about days. this scenario for a little bit? So we, we teed off. We had four beers in our cart. We drank all of them. We went three holes without any beer. The beer cart. It might have been like the later. fifth hole or sixth hole. Yeah. So, so she drives. She drives around. around. Mike wait, I, wait, wait, wait. You're you're a guy in your cart and your group actually called. Yes. <laughs> Called the called the head desk and said, "Can you send the cart girl? We're at, we're at hole called six. Called the clubhouse and said, "We have not seen a cart girl. We yeah. need some beer." Yeah. So, so she pulls up. Mike goes over there and he before it even like reaches for his wallet, he's like licking his fingers and going, mm, "Yes, I'll have four of these, two of those, two of those natty, two of those natty lights, one of those Mike's hard lemonades. How many Coors lights do you have?" And she's like, mm, "I got twelve more coming." He goes, "Can you call back and take them to bring twelve more?" She's like, no. So like, all right, I'll take all of those. I think we bought 16 or 18 beers yeah. right there for the four of us, which yeah. is more than enough. Plenty. Plenty. But the fact that he was just like a little kid in the candy shop, yeah. I'll take two of those, one of those, three of these, and two of those were those natties. And I was like, what are we doing with this? Yeah, Garrett was kind of confused by it. He's looking at me. I'm like, hey, we're, we're going to drink those. So we did drink them, and they were really pleasant. And on a hot day in the sun, they were tasty as can be. I would have traded, right traded all the Coors Lights for those. <laughs> I could have drank, and they were what, like four. Did we say four six? Yeah, four point six ABV. Light. So like like a Miller Light. Yeah, you could have been drinking those all day. I did. Dr- I, I did drink one with you. I don't know if you remember this, but we pulled we up chugged, your we car. Ch- yeah, we chugged them. Come yeah. over here and shotgun a natty with me. <laughs> <I didn't shotgun. laughs> That's what he says to me. Big ups to Kate. Thanks for bringing that up. I would have never bought that if she didn't bring it up and talk about it. So I'm glad that she did. We got to try it. Fantastic. We got the customer of the week. An awesome one. G's got this one. He's going to start it off. What is it? You look at that guy. He was like, hey, can you change the TV to this? Hey, uh, if no one's watching this, can we switch the channel over to this? Yeah, the, the Clemson-Auburn game? The, the fall practice the game? fall practice game? Get out of my life. <laughs> I don't have time for this. ESPN, the Ocho? Yeah, the Cubs game's on. Let's watch that instead. Yeah, we're, we'll get into that. We got, we got plenty I'm gonna go of stories. I'm going to go off on this one. All right, that's perfect. You can have all of that. Oh, that's all you. We got our Yeef, our yearly industry ebb and flow. Uh, what do we got going on for that right now? It would be the holidays, 4th of July, house parties, how that affects the restaurant. Uh, we were closed for the 4th, which I really like. That weekend before and the weekend after, nice weather. Gorgeous. Gorgeous weather. Normal weekends for us. Yeah. I, thought, I thought we were going to be packed to the gills and slamming. We, we still had decent weekends, but it just wasn't. Nothing because nothing normal or extraordinary because I feel like everybody was at their lake house. Yeah, there was a lake house. They're having people over their house. It was like graduation weekends. There was people going on golf trips. It was actually kind of nice. I mean, no one wants to say I wish I was slow. but I, I like to make more money. Yeah. Especially on back-to-back weekends. 
Yeah, but if you're but if you're also going to these kind of parties too, it's kind of nice to have a. Uh, if you're a little bit tired <laughs> on your drinking shift, tired. say you were playing all golf, <laughs> yeah. a golf game or a golf outing all day and drank all night, and then you, and had you had to go to work the, work next, the next, day? next day. Yeah, that yeah. was. Well, my, my I got home at like six o'clock that night, passed out. I woke up at eight o'clock with the like the worst hangover. Went to bed at midnight. Woke up the next day, good to go. Eve. <laughs> Normally, this is where we would uh, introduce our guest and that we've done the last couple of weeks, uh, and then get into that. No guests this time, so we're going to get into some of the questions from our listeners that we got. Uh, did they come from our website, or was it on our Podbean? Yeah, they came through our comments on uh, on our Podbean app, um, and as well as our info at sippingsocial.com email address. Nice. We like this a lot. We encourage it. This is the first time we've we've got this together and got a chance to talk about it. Please send more questions in so we can continue talking about it. We got Andy in Wheaton asks for a GM's perspective of bands playing at restaurants. He says he's not a huge fan of it, but I understand why it's done. Gary, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I'm not a really big fan of it either. I don't mind like going out to eat on like a patio somewhere and like there's a guy off in the corner playing acoustic guitar. Acoustic, that's cool. It helps the ambiance. Not... I don't want a five piece band. Sure, but every every restaurant's different, right? You know, and everybody's trying to put out a different vibe. If you have like just in my experience, if you have the Friday Saturday night shit show place and they got a rocking band, like what, what are you upset about? I'm sticking around. Exactly. If you if you're going to a, a nicer restaurant and you're kind of looking for a quieter meal and they got a really loud band, that's not going to help the ambiance. But if they no. have the acoustic guy that helps add to it. So for me, it just has to fit the mold and the concept for what you're looking for. But also, if you're, if you're not looking to hear a live band, you're right as a patron and as a customer is to not be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's plenty of places on a Friday or Saturday night that don't have a live band, but then just crank up the music and it's just as loud. Right, I agree. I mean, I mean, it can be done in the right way like you just talked about. What are, I mean, what are some places in the area that you can actually hear live music? I know the Ivy sometimes Evan, has some Evan stuff. Flow in Geneva. Evan Flow in has Geneva. A ton, has a ton of live music. Yeah. Evan Ivy. Flow. Oh, what did I say? Evan Evan Flow. Flow. <laughs> it's not Eve. So our new bar that we're opening up in uh, Geneva, <laughs> Evan Flow, will not have live music. <laughs> no, we had uh, Even Flow in yeah. Geneva is known for that. Yeah, Mullins and Wheaton has some. That's has done. Some, they're, they're Mullen, done. Mullins just closed. Did they really? Yeah, I wow. got a great. I got a great story about this. Okay. Okay. So Mullins. So they're not having music anymore. <laughs> they definitely don't have any live music. <laughs> Maybe right that's now. what took them down. <laughs> so Mullins in Wheaton, they announced that they were closing like last week on a weird day, like a Thursday or something like that. So they put it on their Facebook. We're closing. Uh, we've been sold. One more night, we're gonna be open. Cash bar only. So a bunch of people go in there, ex-employees, ex-regulars, like a ton of people are there. The cops show up, shut the shit down, and say, whoever made this decision is not the owners. The owners have called us and are telling us that you have to vacate the place. Holy cow. So the, so whoever like did it, I don't know if it was an old owner or if it was a current employee that was just trying to make a ton of money on the cash. I don't blame them. Well, but the one, the one of the bartenders was like, I was just told to show up to work. Like, I don't. I, I didn't know anything about this. The owner told me this. The guys like the cops are like not the owner. Somebody who told you they were the owner. So there was all this stuff, and I, I don't think anybody got hauled off or anything. But they shut it down, and there's some some probably some serious cash sitting in Mullins right now because it was cash only. Let's get somebody, out of here. Somebody was, but isn't that crazy to think about? That's crazy. One of the um one of our servers who used to work there went there that night, but she had left before the cops got there. Wow. So I mean, it's a good idea if you want to fuck over somebody. Right. Well, it, it. well, yeah, if you're getting told you're shut down in the <laughs> middle of your shift, then yeah, I want to fuck them over too. Yeah. You could easily just play like, I didn't know. I just of course I just showed you, up for work. Of course you played ignorance to that. Right. 
Um, so no live music at okay. Mullins, but even flow Ivy on the the patio. Ivy patio. Any places in Glen Ellen? No, uh, no. Oh yeah, um, Pot- Potters in in uh, Naperville. Naperville's got an awesome patio. Great place to listen to music. Yeah. I don't know any places in Glen Ellen. No. St. Charles has got to have a couple places. Brower House out in. That place is huge for it in Lombard. Yeah, Lombard. Huge for it. I tell you what, I don't. I definitely don't like search live music for when I'm no. going out for a couple of no. drinks. No. Yeah. Awesome. But that's a great question, Andy. Thanks for sending that yeah. in. If you have a specific restaurant you're talking about, though, and, and you're listening to this, uh, t- email us that, and we'll go check it out, and we'll tell you if we think it's uh, good or not. We're always looking for a reason to have some beverages somewhere. We got another nice email from Mark out of Wheaton as well. He's got some great questions that he put on there. He sent us a laundry list, didn't he? All right, so we got John brought this up. This is from a couple podcasts uh, ago, and Mark says he's jealous that we got to try the Blanton's Gold. Uh, he's got some ideas for things for us to talk about. Recently, he was in Kentucky. He was uh, down the street from a new con- distillery called Jep the Creed. I follow them on Instagram. They are pretty interesting to follow on Instagram. They, they're pretty active. He said he visited with the owner. The whiskey wasn't ready yet, but he... Uh, uh, he drank some of the vodka and some of the infused stuff that they had. And some live music. And they had some live music. See, that, that ties it in. So he's just saying it has great, good food and they had some some f- good food trucks, just something, a great place to visit and talk to. So I didn't, I guess I should have read that all the way through. But he says that Jep the Creed in, West, in Kentucky is a place to, to check out because of the food trucks, the food, the good ambiance. He's also got up there another topic would be about smoking the glass uh, slash ice for bourbon and whiskey. How to do it right, which bourbon tastes better with it. All right, I'm gonna jump on on this one. Yeah. So I do that a lot. Uh, you do too with a with a glass. There's a couple of different ways you can do it. You can like basically like use a smoker with a tube at the end of it and run it on a plate with the with the glass in it and then cover it with like a, a glass birdcage. You can actually run that tube through the whiskey and actually smoke the whiskey that way. I'm not a big fan of that one. What I like to do because it's a lot less work, a little bit less show, but a lot less work, especially if you're working at a high volume bar. What we do is that we light the wood on fire, hold the glass over it, and then smother the flame with the glass upside down so the flame goes out and then when the flame goes out it bursts into smoke and it covers the glass if you let it sit there for about 10 seconds or 15 seconds it'll really cover everything on the inside and that works really well smoking uh ice is an interesting thing too we do that at maze we literally just put a tray of water in our smoker uh let that go for about three or four hours pull it let it come back down to room temperature put it into silicone molds and then put those in the freezer uh it really only works if you have a smoker unless you're trying to put the tube from your handheld smoking gun in the tube into the water that's going to take forever and i don't really suggest that at all either but uh having a smoker really helps if you want to smoke to make smoked ice but it is a quite a lengthy process i mean it's gonna take you all day but it it's cool though it's a cool thing i think it's really neat yeah everybody loves the cedar smoked manhattan that we do um whenever anybody sees it go off they i've had people ask me um or look at me like inquisitively and they got a weird look on their face like um is something burning back there and i'm like yeah we're burning <laughs> we're burning some wood back here and then i show them and they're like oh my god and i gotta have one and they gotta have one it's oh yeah you won't make one all night then you make one and then 10 people right everybody sees it and smells <laughs> yeah, I'll have and that. Like, yeah it's yeah. like the is that the only server. one you guys smoke over there yeah but if people ask for like a smoked old-fashioned yeah. or i even have an idea I, I i always thought it was a good idea to, to offer a smoked glass for a certain whiskeys yeah because it might go well yeah. with them and you don't have to like put the smoke in the booze but that the no. glass and the bourbon goes well together. Yeah. Would you think that it's dumb to say that that should be a dollar upcharge? Say you can have this on the rocks for a two dollar upcharge. You can have it Dude, smoked for a dollar upcharge. It's not dumb. People are willing to pay for it. I love that answer. His next uh, topic that he wants us to talk about is where is where barrels are positioned within a rickhouse. We've talked about this. Garrett calls them honey barrels. Mm-hmm. Is that the the common term? Uh, that's I mean. 
I don't know how common because you'd be asking about it, but okay. it's the honey guy. barrels. That's the the sweet spot. Yeah, those are the those are the, that's the one the distillers are using, and the guys who are, are doing the private picks. They call them honey barrels. He's asking like where they how they decide where they go. Uh, just just it's probably oh, how can it, they how are they positioned within the rickhouse? So Price just wants to know how they know in 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 uh, how, how they figure that out to what's the good stuff as opposed to what's so how let's start with the first one. How are they positioned in the rickhouse? They're on these racks. Think of like a two by four frame where the barrel sits with the barrel head staring at you, kind of on that side, so it could roll left or right. And then there's usually like grooved out, so they don't actually roll left and right. So it's not um, a very sophisticated like no it's very simple very i can see i can imagine right you get like a two by four running horizontally and then yeah. just like a little like a little notch half notch circle yes yeah, they're more like two by eights because they gotta be really strong but the but yeah this is exactly what you're talking about so they don't roll left and right that's one way to do it and then there's another way like few does this where they they literally stack four 15 gallon barrels on top of each other so you're actually when you're staring at it you're looking at the round edge so they're standing straight up on their barrel heads Mm. And they put four of them, or eight total, on each skid, and then they stack the skids, three skids high. So there's 24. I think that's, I think that's pretty good math for having an eagle rare. The <laughs> so they're having, they're having 20. They got 24 going straight up, and then they can pack a lot more barrels in a smaller space. That is two things for you. One, you can do a lot more whiskey in the same area, touching a lot more wood. The downer of that is that there's less airflow going around each one of those barrels, sure. so they might take. The a little bit longer, a little bit slower. Yeah. Um, but if that's what you're looking for, then that's what you're looking for. So these guys are and figuring out where those honey barrels are. That's that's on the blender to taste areas, take notes, figure out where he's getting the ones that get a lot of the vanilla, where they get one lot of toffee, where they get a lot of cherry notes or chocolate notes or whatever. I mean, honey barrels are. It could be like in the top right corner of this one tiny house each yeah what rickhouse h but only yeah. like in this group of like 75 to 100 barrels are going to be in that the rest of them are not even like, even ones like next like five or six feet to the left or to the right they could be totally different so sure. some spots get a really interesting flow of air compared to others but then a lot of places then will uh, rotate their barrels which actually doesn't happen as much as you'd think it would for two reasons one people are likely to break those barrels um when they're moving them so you don't really want to lose the product, except if you're Jim Beam, you don't care if you lose 45,000 <laughs> barrels. Um, it's payday. Payday, for sure. <laughs> We're eating steak tonight. Uh, and then the other thing is that people can get hurt doing that, too. So there's a lot of liability when you move those around. Don't want to be hurting people. So this is like probably a stupid question, but like it really is about the location of the barrel in the rickhouse. And it's because you don't reuse barrels. It's not like this barrel like produced like this awesome, you know. Yeah, you're not gonna get the same flavor the second time, right? So then you can't call it bourbon then either. Yeah. So I mean, you can use it. You can use it for rye or yeah. Most, I would well, say ninety percent of anything made with bourbon or rye in it is a one, one use, use only. Yeah. yeah. So you, you have to remember the location of those barrels. Yeah. So the top right coordinate uh, coordination of Rickhouse H is uh, has the the honey barrels. You want to keep taking some of those barrels out and then filling them back in with new ones, so you're constantly getting whiskey in t- from that honey barrel. If you're gonna sure. do single barrel picks Makes from smart. that. Yeah, mm. makes sense. Instead of having all of them, but you don't know that you know right away. Yeah, well, it just it's takes time. It, it takes a lot of time to figure it out. Figure Absolutely, out. a lot of notes, a lot of talking, a lot of master distillers. That's why when he says like that, Jephthah Creed uh, whiskey is not ready yet because they're still figuring things. They're still figuring things out. Yeah, it's just open up. Uh, he wants us to talk about the Angels Cut, which I'm sure, I'm sure he means Angel Share and Devil's Cut. So the Angels Share. So when your whiskey goes in a barrel, you're looking for the interaction between the whiskey, the wood. 
any oxygen inside the barrel. When you fill the barrel, there should be almost no oxygen in there. They're, just, they're, they're literally overflowing them and then stamping the, the bung in. Uh, the bung is the hole, the bung hole. The bung hole. That's it's where the whiskey the goes in. It's legit. Uh, which is fantastic. I just, I love asking uh, distillers, hey, do you have any more bung holes I can borrow? Because mine broke. Um, so the uh, the interaction of the wood, you're gonna the, the, it gets hot, the, wood, the liquor goes into the wood. When it gets cold, the liquor comes back into the barrel. Um, obviously not all of it at the same time that would be that'd be really impressive if that happened and also lose almost all of your juice so the stuff that gets into the wood and then when it gets sucked back in the water will evaporate into the uh, into the atmosphere that loss of product is called the angel's share uh, the devil's cut is the when they go to dump the barrels the whiskey that's left in the wood what the doesn't come never, out what doesn't come out of the wood yeah it's the stuff that never yeah. gets used yeah it's Which, like a waste if you yeah but if you use that barrel for a next phase of something yeah, not especially if it's bourbon, still wet yeah if it's still wet that could really help a beer or a rye or a wet barrel meaning that they didn't let it dry out that they put the bung hole back in and then they kept the ju- they kept the wetness inside yeah didn't didn't uh, let that bung hole air it out uh, Sometimes these, you want to air it out, though. You need to air it Especially out. Especially in the hot days. you got to just put a leg up while you're driving. It's not often that it does get aired out, though. You know, you need you need AC's wet wipes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a strong fan, and you're good to go. Uh, Mark, great questions. Really glad he sent those in. Those are great topics. He also sent a picture of the Jephthah Creed pouring a cocktail. That, looked, that definitely looks like something I want to drink. I think that's their old-fashioned. Looks like you've got a bunch of cherries and an orange peel in there. Nothing muddled, though. Yeah, I'm just saying it looks like an old-fashioned. It looks good, doesn't it? I'd, I'd, I'd try it. It looks delicious. Let's go down there. All or, right. or you guys can sponsor us and just send us some stuff. But Yeah, Jeff of the Creed, if you want to <laughs> throw a bottle our way, we'd love to, re- we'd love to, we'd love to talk it. about it. Absolutely. I love or, how you add an I in there, Jeff of the... <laughs> Jeff of the... <laughs> Jeff of the... Right. It makes it more like biblical. <laughs> For the bourbon? Yeah. Jeff of the Creed. The bourbon biblical? Yeah. Bur- biblical bourbon? Ooh, that would be a good podcast name. <laughs> I, yes. Or like a theme too, like we're Jephthah Creed, biblical bourbon. Sounds good. Period. Yeah, I like that. It'll get you wasted like the Old Testament. <laughs> Born again bourbon. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. The, I like that. The, the resurrection rye. Yeah, the reusing barrels. And your oh, resurrection. shit. I think we got ourselves a whiskey company. <laughs> awesome. Uh, on to the next thing. What we got next, Yanni? Yes. Thirsty beer review. Let's do it. Hi, we got super excited to, to try this uh, This by Miskatonic, which Garrett just picked up today. This is a special release that they haven't even come out with yet. It is called Apricot Long Tongue Liar. Mm. It's a kettle sour. and uh, Yeah, they're releasing it for their four-year anniversary party on July 20th at their brewery in Darien. Nice. We've been reviewing a lot of beers out of Darien recently between Hot Butcher and these guys. Well, Hot Butcher makes their beer at Miskatonic. Boom. Nice. Nice drop on that one. Uh, if for all uh, eight of you that have listened to this podcast, <laughs> you, you know you know that we like Hot Butcher here. The, the packaging on this can looks great. The fact that they were able to give you one for us to try as it's about to come out. When this gets released, it'll come out in the next couple of days, so you'll be able to get it. It should I, be about a week old. like the artwork, Johnny. What do you think about the artwork? Yeah, I like kind of like that matte finish on the can. The That's matte pretty black cool. is awesome. Yeah. Yep, I think it's cool. Cool thing about them is that they, uh, not cool, just interesting, they buy all their cans the same the, the label printed on the tin, you can rip that label off and it's a different beer can underneath. Oh, really? Yeah. So we, oh, can, rip that cool. up. we can rip that. So they, they shrink wrap it. So, oh, I got you. So you rip that off and you can see what they what they bought in bulk most recently. Ah, nice. That's yeah. very cool. Uh, let's give it a shot. Let's try it. Uh, kettle sour. We've had 
So we've had what, what, what sours have we had on here? We had that Berliner Weiss from Salamoth. Oh, we had the Berliner Weiss from Salamoth. We had yeah. the Berliner Weiss from uh, North Coast Brewery. Yeah, I'm not sure that those made the the cut on those though. The Berliner Weiss from Salamoth did not from North Coast. Oh my god, I almost I almost just poured myself twice as much like I normally do. Johnny, it, Johnny, Johnny, might need some. I just, I just caught it at the last second. Again, I get an, I get a centimeter. You guys get three inches. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah. All right, let's have a cheers, just boys. Make sure let's you get the, the bottom shot. part of the can. Let's try it. Cheers. And then we're gonna talk about what's in it. Cheers. Big, big, get nose. A big nose on that, Johnny. Smell your elbow. Oh man, uh, it's very fruity. Yeah. A lot of apricot. Apricot's a unique thing in a beer. I don't think I've. Really come across that a lot. I, I mean, I agree with you. I yeah. don't know if I've ever had a beer that is the apricot as the flavor. This is only a uh, four point four, so it's pretty light. Four point four, kettle sour, has that tartness finish to it. Yep, it's got good flavor. It kind of puckers you, puckers you up in the back of the throat a little bit. Yeah, it is made with apricot, pilsner malt, and lactobacillus. Mm, vagina, mm. <laughs> healthy flora. From vagina, yeah. all right. The healthy flora of bacteria from vagina. Found in, not from. Found, all right, found. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. don't found it. Found in, not from. Yeah. Found in. Can you imagine if that was your job? Oh my goodness! <laughs> to dig it out, <laughs> or to be the one to donate? Oh boy, uh, I like it. It's tasty. Uh, sours, while I'm glad we're reviewing them and they're becoming more and more popular, especially in the U.S. I don't think the Midwest is caught up to the East Coast or the West Coast when it comes to sours, just based on the Instagram uh, pages that I follow. It seemed, they seem a lot more popular out there, but they're starting to come around a little bit more. I like it. I'm going to gift it, and I'm giving it a 6.5. Yeah, I don't drink these too often. Actually, I just, I'll just say never. But uh, I do like this one with the apricot flavor in it, and I think it's this would go like, really well with like if you were to grill a salmon or something. You sure. Know, this, you know, on the sure. back deck on a hot yeah. day, it's freaking cold-ass Apricot, long tongue, liar, lactobacillus liar, the long tongue lactobacillus. I think it would really go good with that, with a nice seared salmon. What's your rating on it? Um, Compared to the others, uh, I think I gave those probably around. I mean, everything's like a seven, but. (laughs) (laughs) It's only only four off of Coors Light, so it's pretty good. I think this is really good. I'm going to give it a 7.75. Love it. Nice. I think a lot of sours for me uh, leave me wanting something else. Uh, I do think that this sour needs to be like freezing ice cold, and I think we're almost there on that. I think it'd be a lot better if it was really, really cold. I didn't bring that up. Um, it's, pro- it's probably a couple degrees warmer than it's supposed yeah, to be. like seven or eight degrees. But, but, the, f- but the flavor is really good. Yeah. Uh, if I, it was really cold. I like it. Uh, I'm going to... What did you say, Johnny? Seven, 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 seven point seven five. All right, I give it a seven point seven four, just because I don't like it just as much as you, but okay. I do like it a lot for the same reasons. Cool. I think I could drink one and a half of these, and that the second half is probably gonna get warm because I'm starting to get sick of it, and I let it go and go get. Do you think you can find yourself in a back deck smoking a salmon, drinking one of these? Yeah, a couple of dudes just out there dudes smoking some salmon maybe together. Some red, yeah, just some yeah. red faces, and uh, we got another can in the, the fridge if you want to do that later. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> All right. I guess I'm gifting this to Johnny so we can smoke some salmon. Perfect. So I'm gifting it. I'm, I'm gifting it to Johnny's drinking it on his back deck with the salmon. That's He's a, cooking that's with a, it. Oh, you're cooking with it? Well, oh, you know, it wouldn't be bad if you could just kind of like pour it on. But yeah. make it, make it no, little... I'm just going to drink it while I smoke a salmon. Perfect. Yeah. And then you're going to have your buddies over to help eat that said salmon? No, it's going to be a small piece <laughs> just for me. <laughs> Whoa, what happened? I just already got bounced. It's only been like 30 small, seconds. Small pieces from okay. here. All right, sounds good. 
Mike, beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Uh, yeah, Mike, pretty, you can gift it to us while we cook and eat and drink with it. So yeah. I get to watch you drink it. That's another. That's another thing that we should put up there. Watch somebody else drink it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so watch me drink it. We're adding more. Because <laughs> I don't got le- anything left for you. <laughs> more options for our our rating system. I I think this is enjoyable. I I, I this is going to open up me to to trying a couple more sours. Mainly because that's the we're gonna do a couple more sours uh, the next time we get together. Something special from Pennsylvania, a brewery that I really like out of there that got sent to me specially. We are not doing a smoke break this week because nobody has anything to rant about, which I like to hear. We're gonna introduce a new segment that we're gonna be testing out with good customers of the week. Since we talk about our other customers of the week, as far as the bad customers of the week, and uh, if you listen to the podcast, you know our customers of the week are usually not a great thing. Uh, But now we want to talk about a good customer of the week. And I think as far as me, I just like to talk about generalization and just talking about people who who come in and take good care of me, people that I've gotten to to know personally and and have a good relationship even outside of uh, the restaurant that I work at, you know. So as far as, you know, for every time I complain about having a bad customer or getting a crappy tip, I have a great customer and I've gotten an equally great tip. Uh, everything always evens out. I would say more. I it, well, it's just it, the 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 bad ones are just more prevalent because you, they yeah, but they it's not even one. They, they resonate one to one. and resonate and resonate. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's the that's the difference. Yeah. Is that yeah? That's the only difference. Yeah. Not for every good you have one bad. For every one good you've got one bad. For like every like five good you've got. Or for every 10 or 15 good, you have one bad. Yeah, right? well, I mean, they're different levels. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have your guy that's going to really upset you, and then you have your guy that's going to really yeah. make you happy. So you get different levels, in my opinion. Sure. But my buddy Justin suggested that we talk about good customers if we're going to talk about bad customers, so I want to give him a shout-out for, for mentioning that. Johnny's a great customer. And yeah, he's all right. On it, but that's how how we got to that's how we we met and became good buddies. Well, and I, I, now he's standing up at my wedding. But now, I used to pay up, but now that you guys are friends, I just give you the standard eight percent. Eight percent. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but I mean, as far as the amount of times that we've hung out together at a bar, and yeah. you know, you're a fantastic customer and a fantastic buddy. And 15 years ago, did you think when we met you'd be standing up at my wedding? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, not right when we first met, but sure. like throughout the years, yeah. Well, yeah, I know we we become fast yeah. buddies, which is fantastic. Yeah. But I didn't when I first met you. I didn't think that you were going to invite me to go to your wedding in Mexico. That yeah. was all inclusive uh, for a whole week. I'm just sorry that I, you know, really wasn't, you know, getting into in cahoots with Garrett to stand up in his wedding. Mm. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, you missed I that boat by like maybe eight a couple months. years. No, eight. I was at three years. Say eight dudes. Yeah, like eight dudes. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I I did like, enjoy the like wedding. Though. I danced months. my ass off here. Oh, there you go. You, got, you were there. That was fun. It was a good wedding. I spent the whole time on the dance floor. <laughs> I spent the whole time flirting with some girl that didn't even go out with me on that day because she blew me oh, off. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I just told Kate about that recently. She were like, your wedding came up, and she's like, "How was it?" I'm like, uh, "It wasn't that great." And she goes, what do you mean? I go, Garrett and Molly are trying to hook me up with one of Molly's friends. So I spent the whole night talking to her and her grandma. Oh, man. So that was what I did, talking to them. And then we we, we were going to go out on a date together. And she just She's like, nah, I don't know if I'm feeling yeah. Grandma didn't yeah. seal the deal for you guys? Oh, I was, I was like dancing with grandma. Was grandma single? Well, maybe grandma. that was the hook. Maybe that was the hookup. Were you trying to hook me up with her grandma? Grandma cockblock. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe she's like. I'm going to dance with Mike so she doesn't dance with him because I don't want her with him. Well, it was a good wedding. Uh, that was not great about it. but Yeah, I think 
I think between we had John and I had two very different weddings, and I think they were both a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm but excited to see what you got going on. Oh, it's gonna be a great time. We're gonna have a lot of fun. Still on? It's still on right, right now. Yeah. Cool. All right. She's got plenty of time to change her mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, just so you know, I've tried that out on about three or four people. It always goes over. Really yeah, that's well. funny. Yeah. yeah, everybody laughs. We <laughs> we scheduled it a year and a half, so she has plenty of time to back out. Yeah. So just a side note, we don't oh. add this in, but like just talking about trying jokes. Yeah. Joanna and I were in Pittsburgh, right? And we ended up at this like neighborhood bar, kind of like a divey sort of bar. And we looked through these glass windows in this like little tiny little hallway of a bar. And there's a whole other section of this place. We looked through these windows and there's like a comedian up on stage. So Joanna and I like wander over in the, into this like room. And we find, come to find out that like basically everybody in this room are comedians. And they came there to try out their stuff. On other comedians? And on, on, they didn't want to try it out on other comedians. So, like, when Joanne and I got in there, they realized that we weren't comedians. So, they were literally doing shows just to us. They were, no like, way. looking at us for, like, reactions. That's and like, so cool. And, yeah, it was really cool. I mean, most of the stuff was, like, absolutely horrible. Because <laughs> they were, like, totally amateur, right? But it was, sure. it was kind of a unique situation yeah. in being in this, like, random bar in Pittsburgh yeah. watching these guys try, like, check, you know, try out their stuff. Wow. It was cool. That's How cool. many jokes were made about all the bridges? None. That's impressive. Yeah. Hey, how about those yellow bridges? <laughs> what is the deal? <laughs> what is the deal with those three rivers? We should have more McDonald's <laughs> here. Arches. That's funny. Uh, let's get, let's get into some whiskey. Yeah, we should we should probably try some let's whiskey. Try some whiskey. I've been waiting for this. Yeah, since you brought it up. I was up. a little bit disappointed that you left before. Why are you calling me out? I just saying I was disappointed. I was I was I was talking out. about it all day while we we're golfing, and I wanted to try it with you. Oh, yeah, we're getting that Pappy Van Winkles. The Pappy Van Winkles. It's 15-year time. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to jump in on this Pappy real quick. This, uh, from the Sazerac portfolio, Pappy Van Winkle is probably, without question, the most sought-after whiskey in the world by the general majority for a couple of reasons. One, uh, last year they only produced 84,000 bottles of their combination of their 10, 12, 15, 20, 23, and 25. I've never even seen a 25. I've seen a picture of it. Uh, and the, oh, so, sorry. That also includes their thirteen-year-old rye. So eighty-four thousand divided divided by, by those, you know, six or seven, and then they make more of the twenty and or, uh, sorry, more of the ten and twelve, uh, and less of the twenty-three and twenty for obvious reasons. One, right. the angel share and devil's cut that we talked about earlier. There's going to be less in each barrel. Right. So you're talking like somewhere around like eight to twelve thousand per bottle. Something like that. Yeah, so there's a boatload of the 10 and 12 that come out. Like on my allocation this past year, I received something like 18 or 20 bottles of the 10-year and two of the 23. So like that's a pretty big difference between the the stuff that's been aged only 10 years and the stuff that's been aged 23. Now, that being said, most bars didn't get any. Mike got a bunch. I think just just like a fraction under what I got. One bottle less. Yeah, one bottle less. So I mean – Killing it. Yeah. So uh, this stuff is, every time you do like a like a whiskey review search of Pappy Van Winkle, like 90% of the content on there is about how hard it is to get. Mm-hmm. So we are drinking a weeded bourbon. So that means the second ingredient besides corn, because corn has to be at least 51%. The second ingredient in this is wheat, which does a couple things for you. It, it smooths it out a little bit instead of having like the bite from maybe a rye wood might give you your bourbon. And it gives like a little soft undertone on the tongue. The part that gets lost from that wheat is that this spent 15 years in a in a new tried white, white oak barrel 
uh, just like every other bourbon, but I spent 15 years in it. So it's going to catch, you're going to catch a lot of the, a lot of the wood in this, in this bottle. And it's proofed at 107. I wish that we had, I wish I had the forethought while I was hungover this morning to bring a bottle of the Weller 107 with us. That's also a weeded bourbon from them at the same proof. It'd have been interesting to go back and forth on the two. I kept a little bit of my Eagle Rare 10 year to compare these two back to back. The Eagle Rare is not 107 proof, but I think they're they're both weeded bourbons and the same mash bill. So I think that might be, might be interesting if you guys want to taste compare back to the Eagle Rare. That's, that's cool too. So this bottle it cost $150 at Benny's. It goes for about a thousand dollars on the secondary market. So jeez, I did not. That's crazy. I did not spend a thousand dollars on this. So don't think. So drink up. Don't think that I did. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm so polish act, it so off, just boys. Drink up. I'm gonna act like you did. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, honestly, thanks for bringing this over. Yeah. I am super excited to try this. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Boys. Don't give it a big nose, John. Just a little, a little a light, waft. A light nose. A little waft. The the oak definitely comes through on that smell. Smooth. That's super smooth. So is. From the, I opened this uh, wow. three days ago, and when I first when I first took it, sipped it, it was it was pretty hot to be honest with you. It's been a third of it has gone in that first round of pours that I made, and the only round of pours. No one actually, no one actually took up themselves up on a second pour, which is nice of them, but they could have. I do think that the the hotness or the spiciness has left, so mm. this is a little bit smoother than what I remember it. It's evolved a little bit. A little bit. It's it. There's not a lot of heat at the end of this. I'm getting. It, it, I'm getting. It, it almost comes at you, but then it yeah. goes away. Quick. It's a quick. It's a quick hint of it. I'm getting vanilla and spices, and and like you said, heavy oak. And reading the back label on this bottle it says it's a younger expression of our famous 20 year old Pappy Van Winkle Family Reserve. I didn't know that it was the same mash bill as the 20. Yeah, it compares really, really close to the 20. And the 20 is usually well, the 15 and the 20 is debated as to what's the better value. Uh, yeah, most people say the 20 is the best one that comes out. Right. So in, in, I think because it's not quite as expensive as the 23. Yeah, people are putting dollar signs in front of their <clears throat> in front of their judgment. Yeah. I, Johnny, you want to go first on this? Sure. I love it. I want a bottle. <laughs> I want to buy it. $1,000. $1,000. Rate it. I wouldn't buy it for $1,000, to be yeah. honest. What about 950 Um <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'll, I'll sell you this one for 950 Me, personally, I wouldn't spend that much. No, of course not. Yeah. No. I mean... Think how many bottles of that Sazerac Rye you could buy for exactly. the same amount of money. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's the better value. But give me give me a rating there. And I'm friends with you, so I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's good enough for me. Can't give it a 10, maybe, but I'm going to go with a 9 on this bottle. It's really good. 9, 9.0? It's really good, yeah. Buying it at a 9.0. I would buy it at its face value at one hundred fifty dollars, I'd probably go if if I saw somebody w- was selling it for maybe double, like three hundred, I'd maybe pull the trigger on sure. it. Sure, yeah, that's smart. Yeah. yeah, if you didn't, you buy that and I'll, and I'll give you four hundred for it. Ooh, nice. <laughs> but I want it <clears throat> for three hundred. He's got it. Yeah. I think this is one of the best bourbons I've had. It's super smooth. I really like the flavor. I could sip this neat. Don't need anything with it. I'm giving it a nine five. And you know, and it's not because it's. It's the pa- I'm sorry. It's not because it's the Pappy Van Winkle bottle sitting in front of us of 15 year, right? Right. It really does taste good. It's good. It's it's one of the best bourbons I've ever had. Yeah. I I truly believe that. I've had <clears throat> thanks to Garrett, I've tried at least 300 to 400 bourbons. That's not a lie. This is this ranks in the top five. Nice. Legitimately. Awesome. So that's why that's why it gets a nine nine point five for me. And uh, I want to buy a pour at a bar. I'm not sure that I would really even open a bottle if, of this if I had to pay 300 to to $1,000 for it. 
So for me to spend 55 to $65 to celebrate on a night that I'm celebrating out of the bar, that seems more viable to me. So I'm going to buy a pour of it. All right. And just look long and leave me a John's bottle on the back of his back bar. My uh, second <laughs> my, my second sip was a 9.5. Oh, what? <laughs> At least he didn't one-up me. Yeah, that's true. This is my second favorite bourbon all time. This is a 9.9 for me. This is by far the greatest whiskey above above 100 proof that I've ever had. Uh, this is my absolute favorite. My number one is the Eagle Bear 17, and that usually comes in like 90, 95. So that's, that for me is a 10. This is a 9.9. This is one of those ones that like you see, and if it's priced right, I'm pulling the trigger on it every single time. Uh, I was really, really lucky to get the phone call saying that they had one for me, and uh, I couldn't have uh, left the house faster to run over to Benny's. Nice. So I, mean, I didn't. When when he when he gave me the phone call, I uh, I got offered two bottles, and I didn't have you know get paid in cash, and I just dumped all my cash into the checking account to pay a boatload of bills. And I didn't have in cash all the money that I needed to do. So I, I literally pulled out, you know, the old shoebox in the top drawer that we all have stashes of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I dipped into that to go get this. And I got it within like 45 minutes of the phone call. Awesome. That's so great. Yeah. So, so bottom line is if somebody calls for uh, for you to come pick up a bottle of Pappy 15, and you come running. Fuck shoes. <laughs> I'm running. <laughs> Don't even put your pants on. Yeah. I got, Let's go. I got kind of a funny story about the Pappy Van Winkle. There's a bar like that's in the area. Of where this is made yeah this is a story that i've heard i don't know if it's actually true but like this guy like w- kept asking for bottles to be like brought to his bar like you can never get it and this was like you know two three years five years in the running and then he finally got a bottle and he made jello shots with it yeah so this so I read, did you hear I, about this yeah I, I listened to the podcast yeah it was from a podcast yeah so this guy runs his bar and he has he gets allocated it, but he's so fed up with the secondary value and like the, the the huge. Oh, block. that's what it was. Yeah. Everyone's coming into him's bar and asking if they have it. And he's like, "Why don't you have Pappy Van Winkle?" And he's like, "Because it comes out once a year. It's super sought after." That's right. Yeah. He's so annoyed by this, so he gets his allocation right. He dumps it all in the Jello shots and sells the Jello shots for twenty dollars a shot. And there's people out the door like raffling off tickets to get a Jello shot of Pappy Van Winkle, <laughs> like lemon lime Jello shot. Right That's now. the story. So Sazerac gets a hold of this, like figures out this is going on, and they cut him off next year. Then a year after, he didn't get any. How awesome is that? <laughs> he, and, he, and he couldn't be any like he's like whatever, whatever. I don't care. Fine. I, I got he's the guy. The, the, the dude's got like 600 bottles of bourbon in his bar. He's, he's, not he's, about he's it. Not, There's so many other things to try. I mean, so many other things that are, you know. Even if you're selling this at like market value at your bar, which most places upsell it, there's still so many other things that you can buy that are really good, and get like three of them for the same price as one of these. Let's uh, let's talk about your uh, your customer of the week that you brought up. Oh my gosh! Thank God we did this after the liquor review. Yeah, I'm gonna drink more liquor and, oh, and listen to you dear. rant. All right, so I'm sick of the guy who's like, "Hey, can you put on the White Sox game or the the Bulls basketball game?" Sweet. Do you know what channel it's on? No. Probably like WGN, uh, Comcast Sportsnet, or, or NBC. Yeah, no kidding, guys. That's the only <laughs> channels that they're broadcasted on. But like, save me some time for searching I'll help for a brother it. Out. For searching for yeah. it. Yeah, uh, I mean, definitely if you're going to ask, know the channel right now. Know the, the channel off the yeah. bat. Also, it's, like, I, if it's the last minute of the game and it's a blowout, you just know that they're on. Yeah. Check your phone first. Sure. If, if it's the last minute in the game and it's within three points, <laughs> I'll put it on. Perfect. 
I agree with you, and I think, but I think it's all about the demeanor of how you act. If you ask, and it's like the the end of the world, and you got to have it right now, yeah, I'm gonna take my sweet ass time. Yeah. Yeah, if you're like, if you're if you're polite about it, and you're like, hey, you know, whenever you get the chance, I don't really want to watch the Judge Judy that was left on from the White Sox game that was on Channel 26 from this afternoon. Yeah, uh, can you put it on ESPN? Uh, sure, I love that White Sox game on Channel 26. That's so funny. It's like that's Joanna's like worst nightmare too. <laughs> Because like, she probably doesn't she even know the my, channels either, right? My wife works at a, at a bar as well. And, and the, one of the previous places that she worked at, Main Street Pub, there was a, I think it was a busboy or someone used to pre-program all the TVs for her for the day. So to, that everything to will auto-tune on, on? To all of the so sports channels. Yeah. That's, honestly, that's... Yeah, I try to do that at the beginning of my shift. Yeah. I got to do that more often. Take advantage so of it easy. because you don't even have to like look at the TV no, and yeah, you know what time. Set it up, yeah. This is what got me all fired up. Is it, now, I can't, I've been holding on to this for a while and right. honestly, I've, I forgot about it for a yeah. minute. But there's, let it, let there's, it go. There's two, there's two scenarios. It's a middle... It's a first week of college football and this guy's asking for like the Clemson versus the University of Virginia like Commonwealth game. Like... I didn't even know there was a college there. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like are you, is this for real? There's there's like two Big Ten teams on right now and something else. And he's like, yeah. And I go, okay. I flip to it. I find it. It takes me forever to find it. It's on some obscure like 400-level channel. I find it. Clemson's winning by 70 points. <laughs> this guy is got no, I'm just here. Yeah. And, he, and then he doesn't even watch it. Oh, yeah. And then the second one is this guy asked me to put on the White Sox game. We have three TVs. One has an NBA playoff game. One has an NHL hockey game, and the other one is like a six to six tie in the eighth inning of a Cubs game. I'm like, I'm not putting on the third inning of a White Sox game versus the Minnesota Twins in March when there's six and a half games out of first place <laughs> and to, to piss off a third of the bar. Right. <laughs> he walked out on me. He was upset. I told him exactly why I wasn't doing it. Well, at least you were honest. You didn't hide, like, you didn't hide like, by, behind like, the fact that you only had three TVs. You got 124, 124 more White Sox games. Yeah. This one really doesn't mean anything. Sure. And they're not making you the playoffs. You can't blame the guy for wanting to watch his team. That's true. Regardless, I, I watched oh, a lot. I asked for a lot of Cubs way, games. By the way, they were we down on, five already in the third inning. Sure, and I get it. I watched a lot of Cubs games at a bar when they were crappy for a very long time. Yeah. And we would we would intentionally go out to bars and watch those games just to, and to know that they were losing are going to lose just so we can hang out and do our own thing. So I don't blame the guy for asking. It's just understanding that, that first of all, Maze and Mash is not a sports bar. Second of all, uh, there's lots of bars around here. They have lots of TVs that can put the White Sox game up for you. Yeah, a lot of empty bars. That's exactly right. Find them. You feel good? You feel I better? Feel, I don't you know if pat, I feel, You want some more Patty pat 15? feel like I, you need a shower. You want to get a second dip? Yeah, I got a little You need a dip. shower? <laughs> yeah, I might. Anything else we want to talk about before we wrap it up, boys? I'm good. Everybody good? Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed hanging out with you guys. Thanks for listening and joining us today. We will be getting back into interviews in about a month or so. We're going to try to get some some big fish to come hang out with us, owners of distilleries, uh, brewers, owners of distributors, owners of bars. We want to really kick it up a notch and really uh, do it up. We I'm talking to somebody in the city about doing a remote podcast down there. We're talking to a distillery in Evanston about doing a remote podcast there. Let's not forget about the journeyman. We're going to do the journeyman one. We are going to do the remote podcast there. We got to do it. Beer review was the Miskatonic Long Tongue Liar Kettle Sour uh, made with apricot. Tasty. We all liked it. Not the biggest sour drinkers around here, but gave it pretty good reviews. Pappy 15 did well as expected. Mm. Very, very tasty, Garrett. Thanks for bringing that. Absolutely. Happy to share it with my friends. Uh, next up on the 
on the Sipping Social podcast. It'll be the three of us again, and um, we will be doing more sour stuff. We're kind of going to have a month of sours, like I was talking about earlier with the Pennsylvania Brewery. Uh, We'll talk about them and how I got to know them and the stuff that they're really good at. Please contact us. Send us some emails. Text us. Tell us what you're thinking. We want it to be more interactive. Please hook it up with us. Yeah, email us at info at sippingsocial.com. Perfect. Great plug. G, you got anything else? Oh, thanks for listening. Awesome. Thanks for the pappy. 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 <laughs> Until the next time, guys, be good to each other. Cheers. Later. First of all, we'd like to thank all of our listeners, families, and friends that support us throughout this. We couldn't do this without you. Subscribe to us on iTunes and check out exclusive content at our website, SippingSocialPodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook. If you like this podcast, tell your friends about us. A huge thank you to our producer, John, in the Underground Studio. A shout-out to our boy, Johnny Perona and Davenport Ed. That's the rock and music you're hearing in the background. Thanks again, and we look forward to the next cocktail with you. You know, I was thinking like the you were upset that I didn't you didn't get to be in my wedding. Oh, I was just kidding. At least, <laughs> at least you were in the first round of invites. Yeah. You could have been Dessa when I could have yeah, texted yeah. you and oh, called you Jesus. about six days before and be like, Hey, I got some extra room, do you want to come? B squad? <laughs> uh, C probably. Oh, you gotta have some C and B squad.